Welcome back to episode 40 of Into the Unknown. In this episode, we have Mr. Luke Hathaway, who is the owner and founder of Brickfields Gym in Hertfordshire, actually specifically in Hemel Hempstead. In this episode, we go into his advocacy for mental health, specifically men's mental health, his sports ambassadorship at um, Movember, and also we discuss his gym, Brickfields, and how he got started into the fitness industry. This was an absolutely fantastic episode, and we really hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks to Luke for joining us, and we will catch you on the next episode of Into the Unknown. Welcome to the Into the Unknown podcast, the show that dives into all things fitness, politics, mindset, current affairs, sports, and everything in between. With a generous sprinkling of humour, at least on my part, and pop culture, I'm Connor Campbell. And I'm Yushan Su. So without further ado, plug in, sit back, and enjoy being taken into the unknown. So on today's podcast, we have another guest, which is Mr. Luke Hathaway, owner of Brickfield's Gym over in Hemel Hempstead, which is in Hertfordshire, UK, for the people that are tuning in who aren't in England. And if you are, then you need to educate yourself on geography. Uh, Luke, I don't know why I went down that rabbit hole. Luke is a fitness enthusiast <laughs> and an ambassador of the Movember movement. Alongside running his businesses, Luke is heading to his fourth year as a sports ambassador for a me- for men's mental health, uh, known as Movember, which is a focus on mental health and suicide prevention. For Luke, mental health goes hand in hand with fitness and pushes that message uh, or he pushes that message to his members and to his clients. We have him on today to discuss the realities of running a gym, which I'm sure he's going to give us some insightful information on, the Movember movement, and also just his advocate advocacy for mental health. So Luke, it is a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the Thanks second guest episode of 2023. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Yeah, good. Um, end of a busy week. Um, January's ramped up, as you can imagine, running the gym. Typical for January. Um, but yeah, good. Good week. Positive week. And uh, obviously ending on a high, the focal point being guest appearance on this podcast. Absolutely. That was, that was what my week was, was aiming for all along. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm really, um, I'm pretty gutted because... Um, so five, ten minutes before we started recording, I was trying scrambling looking for my um Movember pin so I could wear it, but it's nowhere to be found. Yeah. As long as we know there is one, then that's fine. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> it exists. It's around. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, that before we kind of get into like the whole Movember stuff, kind of how it started and how you sort of got into that, why don't you sort of tell the listeners a little bit about this is sort of how we usually start about kind of where you are today or, or how you got to where you are today and sort of what led you directly into the fitness industry? So, well, what has really started when I was a kid. So uh, being a kid born in the mid eighties, uh, during the nineties, my dad would be in the living room with a VHS going, doing some home workouts. Um, Dolph Lundgren, you know, might, people might know him as uh Drago from Rocky oh, that's, Ford. That's proper vintage. Proper vintage. Yeah, proper vintage. 
if you can get a VHS of maximum impact somewhere on eBay, that's probably worth a fortune. <laughs> um, but we'd be locked out of the living room. The doors would be shut and you could just peek through and just see dad doing Dolph's workout um, at home. <laughs> so he'd always been around the family. But my dad as well, like growing up, it seemed like my dad was the only person that we knew whose, whose dad went to the gym actively and kept fit. So it was kind of then ingrained in us to do some stuff like that. So I remember being about 12 or 13 and I've got two older brothers and one of them would be in the garage with my dad doing a bit of a Rocky Four style barn workout in the garage, like curly, bicep curling alloy wheels with rope and <laughs> all sorts of makeshift kit that my dad would come up with. Um, and so it sort of carried on through there. We've all played rugby since we was young. Um, I think I've played probably since I was about eight. Um, and then obviously kind of naturally, if you've got that sort of sport, you and your pals from the team start doing a bit more gym stuff, keeping mm. fit, whatever. Um, and always liked it, like training. My brother then become a PT when he it was one of his first jobs when he left school. Um, so I'd go to the gym that he was working at and and it progressed from there. I always liked helping people get better at stuff. So then the PT and sort of naturally fit because I loved training myself and I liked helping people get better. And also I think my mindset of not being too kind of black or white and this is the only way this works and you have to do it like this or you're going to fail and you're not going to get fitter or you're not going to get stronger. I think that kind of naturally works well. So I was doing some other jobs completely unrelated to fitness. I worked in pet insurance of all things, believe it or not. Not exactly a natural <laughs> transition to being a PT or owning a gym, but that's where I was at the time, um, changing lives in pet insurance. And then basically was ramping up PT and on the side. I'd been running some fitness classes uh, alongside other jobs in the past. And then I started ramping up the PT uh, around my other jobs and the opportunity for a facility came to have a private PT studio, quite a small space, but a good, good little space. And then as time went on, it basically became clear that my other job was just not worth doing. And I might as well focus fully on the PT because money wise, it was just going to be so much smarter for me. I was commuting in and out of London. So made the jump. A lot of people were, <laughs> convinced that I'd lost the plot entirely by leaving a good job at one of the oldest companies on the planet to go and to go and start up a private PT studio um, but did that and then within a short space of time that had done well and then we got the opportunity for a gym facility and that had kind of been the path anyway uh, and then we had the lockdown so I was in the process of thinking about a bigger space and an actual gym with members and all that stuff when we had the lockdowns hit and just as stuff started opening again, the guys and some of the guys I know, one of them plays pro rugby up north, and uh, another guy works in pro rugby. Had separate conversations with them where they sort of said, "Oh, well, I'd be interested in getting involved." Uh, so the three of us had our discussions. That didn't pan out because we didn't get we wanted a bigger space, and we didn't get the bigger space. Um, but it, by that point, I was in my head that that was what was happening. But I was, <laughs> I was sat in the park having a, having a sad time thinking, no, the dream's gone, like drizzle on me, just sitting there getting soaked. It's like, what's <laughs> happened? We were so close. We had it all. And then uh, and then I just figured it out, how I could do it by myself, basically, um, with the thought that down the line, the guys might get back involved 
if and when we grow to go to a bigger facility um, and we can go that route. So then we've ended up where we are and it was all kind of geared around pushing into the PT and stuff was kind of geared around the fact that I was seeing a lot of PTs mm-hmm. who I didn't really like. I didn't like their approach. I didn't like what they were, what they were pushing their message of like, here's things that you should be doing and it's this or nothing. You know, in, like we were just saying before we got going, like, you, there's only one path and mm-hmm. oh yeah well if you're not doing that you're gonna you, you're not gonna get your progress you're not gonna get stronger fitter and just being too rigid about things like yeah. things like yeah. ten thousand steps a day that's great that does work obviously because you're getting your knee up but what if you work in an office job like i used to have one of them jobs if they're tracking you every time you go to the toilet it's not like you can just get up in the middle of the, your eight hour shift and just walk around the office and get your mm-hmm. steps up <laughs> so what you're gonna do ten thousand steps in your evening, like <laughs> you'll do that every night. Good luck. So it's yeah, them sort of no silly things that I could see, and I was like, "Yeah, exactly." It's 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 not flexible enough. And I thought, well, I think I could bring a little bit of that to people, where you can just try and help people get to their goals, but just help them understand that there's a load of different, you know, however, whatever the saying is, a thousand ways to skin a cat, or whatever the saying is. Mm-hmm. You don't have to just do that one thing. There's other ways. And so I thought, actually, maybe that's a good career path for me to go, which obviously then, like I say, led to further down the line, a gym facility Definitely. and not having a social life. <laughs> yeah. So um, a couple of things. What to... a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. A couple of things to pick up or like unpick there. The first thing that you mentioned, which I wanted to reference on, was that people thought you were mad when you were going to leave your job. <laughs> and kind of start on this journey and i think yeah. in our last in our last episode that we just had on a guest uh katie said a very similar thing that not necessarily that people thought she was mad but that she just did it because that's what she wanted to do and i think there's something really powerful in that that you you have that belief in yourself that like you know what i'm just going to try it and see how it works out and you know i guess I, the question that I have in that is what made you like, did you think obviously you mentioned about like the PTs and, and not sort of liking the route that they would go down. What makes your approach so different at Brickfields? Well, yeah, I mean, my thing is, uh, and I don't think I'm the alone. I don't think I'm the only person that's got this kind of viewpoint in fitness or whatever, or this approach, but, I just think that there's too much uh, of a push towards, like we were just saying, there's only one route you've got to go and you've got to train like this. And I know plenty of people who commit their lives to fitness and they will be fitter and stronger and train harder than I'll ever train or reach goals I'll never reach sort of thing. But that's their whole life. And there's they're going to do things seven days a week geared towards that. Whereas not everybody wants that. Mm -hmm. So why do I have to live like a monk just because I want to get a bit fitter or a bit stronger? Like, why do I have to be like that? Why do I have to worry that, like, I mean, I've heard stories about other facilities where someone's walked in, the guys walked up, the owner and owner slash PTs walked up, said, oh, how was your weekend? Someone said, yeah, good. Had a few beers with friends at a meal on Saturday. And he just cut them short and says, why are you wasting my fucking time then? They're like, oh, what? He's like, well, yeah. how are you going to get progress if you're doing stupid things like that? 
And for me, that's <laughs> completely the opposite of what, it, what it's about. You yeah. come to the gym to feel better, get fitter. But if that's within the, you know, the, the parameters to still achieve your goals, whatever them goals are, mm. not everybody wants to <laughs> win turf games. Some yeah. people just want to be a little bit leaner, a little bit yeah. stronger. Or and just still go and part. have a beer with their friends at the weekend. Or yeah. just take part. Yeah, they exactly. just like the environment. They like throwing weight around, learning mm. something different. Um, and so I just felt like looking around at what was available in particularly the town I'm in, there wasn't anything that seemed like it was like that. It was too much about this needs to be your whole life. You come to us and we'll sort your food out and your nutrition, but it's we're dictating it. It's not yeah. what do you like to eat and let's tidy that up. It's you're eating this and you're going to get this food in at this time and this in at that time. Do you like that food? No, doesn't matter. Don't give you're a shit. Because that's <laughs> yeah. what we tell people to do. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, if you're a professional athlete and you've got certain goals that might be, I want to get to the Olympics or I'm a professional rugby player, someone's going to do that and you've probably got to toe the line a little bit. But if you're just Joe um, Public who's working in an office, <laughs> yeah. you don't need me telling you, I know you don't like eggs, but you're going to have them for breakfast. <laughs> and you're going to have that three times a week. All right, so learn to like them. Um, it just doesn't work. So I just felt like creating a space where you can come in and enjoy yourself and you can train uh, and have, have fun at the same time. Like quite often I'll post videos on our socials where I will intentionally leave little bits in. You know, you're posting like everybody does, this little snippets of people moving fast, doing exercise, different exercises, whatever. But if I get a little bit of a video where someone's dancing, I'll intentionally leave it in because... That is part of, as daft as that is, it might seem, that one little thing, that is part of what we're about is that you can come in and you might be knackered, but if you're in between sets and you enjoy the music and you want to just dance a little bit because that's how you enjoy training, why shouldn't you? We've got plenty of people who come in and they don't do that and they just go flat out and mm. they're too busy just doing reps or whatever to, to even notice the music. But I know plenty of facilities where if they saw somebody doing that, they're going to be on their case as if we're in the military and you need yeah. to... You need to be more focused. So like, that's how they're enjoying it. If that means they come back three times a week versus getting shouted at and not coming at all, well, I know what I'd rather they were doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I kind of, that was partly because that's how I like to train. <laughs> if I like a song that comes <laughs> on, I want to I want to dance. I'm not going yeah. to stop myself because I'm in between my sets. And not the holding back I'm the gonna, moves. I'm gonna let, no, exactly. I'm going to let the hips go, you know? <laughs> and uh, so that's that's sort of crept into obviously a lot of the guys who came in especially at the start were friends of mine anyway mm. and a lot of them were PT clients who had been friends of mine so they kind of knew that was the vibe of the place and how I am and I'm fairly relaxed about things I don't get too serious there's a time and a place for being serious like if, again it comes down to what their goals if someone comes in here and says this is my goal and I want to but I want to hit the. I want to make the Olympic team, <laughs> the GB. Well, we probably aren't dancing in between sets. Well, you, yeah. We still might be, but you're probably going to be a little bit more focused. Um, yeah. But it's about creating a space where people want to come and train, and they they will get progress, and they don't feel put off because they're getting some really extreme message rammed down their throat that you have to live like this, you have to train like this. If you're not committed to this level, then what's the point? You know, mm. I just think that's too extreme for most people. Yeah. And it doesn't actually, it's not actually necessary. It doesn't actually always work. 
Well, a lot of the information yeah. that we see on podcasts and YouTube now it pushes that kind of culture and that environment that like if you want to succeed, you have to work hard. And it, understandably, yes, you do. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't also enjoy it and have fun. Okay, you might not be as successful as you want to be if you didn't have any fun. But what's the fucking point? Like, what yeah. is the point if you don't enjoy it? I I watched a, uh, I'm not huge on TikTok, but I watched a really interesting video last night where some guy was walking around New York and he was asking people, how much do you earn? And they say, I earn 400K a year, right? Most of them are bankers. And he came up to one guy, I think the guy, he's like, how old are you? He goes, uh, I'm 28. And he goes, oh, cool. So what do you do? He said, I work in derivatives. And I don't know what the hell that is because I don't know finance. And he said, I sold my company to this business and I now earn X amount. And they, and they said, so uh, what do you think money gives you? And he says, time. That's all it gives me is time to enjoy the money that I earn. Why else would it be like that? Like the only reason that I have this amount of money is so that I can enjoy spending it outside of work. Like, yes, I have money in investments and I have, you know, a, a flat and a car. But ultimately, once I have those things, why do I need any more money? I don't. I just need to be able to have experiences. That's what my life is about. And it was just so refreshing. I was just sat there like literally 10 o'clock at night. I was like, yeah, nice. And go to bed. <laughs> but, yeah. Every time I've been down to Brickfields, uh, I, I wanted to go down that caveat because I think it's important what you mentioned. But I love coming to Brickfields because it's just such a relaxed environment. You know, obviously, I come up to Hemel every now and again because that's where family are uh, or the in-laws. And I even go out of my way like a 45-minute bus journey just to come to the gym since knowing you because I just like the environment that you've created there. You know, it's it's relaxing. Um, it's It's not... Like you say, you know, you have a mi really good mixture of people where people are training hard, but then they're also people are just there to enjoy the community and there to enjoy, I guess, the fitness that they're trying to build. Um, yeah. So I, that's yeah, that's mate, a massive I appreciate credit it. to you. Massive credit to you. Yeah. Thanks, I, mean, I, I, mean, I, I right. just wanted to say as well, like it was um, pretty evident as soon as you showed up that um, you're not one of those sort of militant fucking pushing that message of you have to do this and this for fitness because you showed up with whiskey in a paper cup so uh, <laughs> um yeah. but i mean to me it's absolutely <laughs> at least i got a glass but you know to me it sounds like you've created a space that is sort of accessible for everyone or for as many people as you you can make it and for it to be inclusive and encouraging for people to join and you know be a part of this fitness journey um and i think everyone is on their own different different journeys with different goals and different ways to get there like you say you know walking ten thousand steps maybe isn't for everyone you know and you don't have to force people to eat fish in a rice cake um five <laughs> times a day <laughs> um in Love order that. to yeah, exactly. get a bit stronger and look a bit leaner why why do you because i completely agree with you like much of the whether it's social media or just 
mainstream media in general or the general message through i don't know like tv and magazines stuff like a lot of the sort of messages pushing through fitness like the fitness industry is that you need this kind of all or nothing mentality and it's sort of this one size fits all that you have to be up at 3am and you know be like mark Wahlberg and um be in the your home gym at five in the morning um that everyone apparently has but why do you think that is <laughs> the case that so much of of the industry is it's so saturated with that kind of messaging because i'm sure it puts people off as well yeah well i mean it it's definitely my experience of people who come into this gym that they often if you talk to them and talking to pt clients and stuff um especially when i had my private studio so that pt studio was just a private space that if it if it was your session it was just me and you there's no one else there so, so you'd get a lot of people who didn't want to be in commercial facilities or training around other people and so you get a lot of people open up um anybody who's ever coached you'll find out that you're you're a, a counselor as well as a as well as a coach so you're not just teaching someone how to get fit you're listening to a lot of problems or their reasons for why they didn't like a commercial gym or yeah, why they definitely my ever get to goal full time yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh so all that stuff um would come out that it's a lot of people are put off by that some people it's motivation and they think yeah i could do that and like we were saying before you know you can't be getting up at if your lifestyle doesn't work that you can get up at three or four a.m if you're working night shifts what you're supposed to do you're working like i used to work in a warehouse that is literally the other side of this wall and i would do six till six some nights um and then walk home and get home at about quarter to eight in the morning where am I fitting in a workout there? And my diet was atrocious, FYI. Like, let's let's put that out there. It was atrocious. So there's not like I was having the right food or any energy where I could go, right, 24-hour gym, I'm going to go and train afterwards. I've done a 12-hour shift in a warehouse, lumping, lumping massive, heavy boxes around all night. But someone's telling me I should be up and training, so I should do that. And if I'm not, then I feel like I'm failing. And... I don't know where it came from that all this sort of you've got to be really setting your stool out as super extreme came from and why that seems to work. But you notice that that kind of thing, if you go on socials, that kind of thing generates like a real cult following. And like, uh, I'm going to name name someone, name and shame, but James Smith PT. Everybody's probably seen some of his stuff that it's mm. like, it's just about calorie fucking deficit, which, yeah, there's, there's, there is that. There's obviously, we all know there's more to it than just hitting a calorie deficit. The quality's got to be right, all that stuff. He knows that as well, I'm sure. It's probably, as much as anything, a bit of a character that he, he knows. Oh, man, it fucking up, pisses me off. Guys up on socials. Yeah, but he does it, it pisses because me he's going to get so people talking, much. right? This whole thing about, it's just, like, it's just about caloric deficit. James Smith, uh, Lane Norton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The list goes on, but it's, it is really weird. I think when it must be the sort of extremist views that kind of generate a lot of publicity and generate that, like you say, like a cult following that gets, mm. gets, um, gets out there. Right. As well, I think part of it, and this isn't meant to, I don't want this to come across as if I think I know everything, because that is definitely not the case. I'll say that right now. I do not know everything, <laughs> but I think part of it is that people don't know much like in, when I'm talking about like certain members come in they haven't trained 
before they haven't done some of the things we're going to do in a workout you know the next week they'll have done 50 things they've never done before um a lot of people in the general public don't know a great deal about fitness other than what they see on social media or in a newspaper or whatever and that might not always be good quality information you're relying on someone who's got a big following to tell you exactly the right thing that is completely true and 100% factual and not slightly tilted towards, well, this is how we do things. And yeah, you've got to do this. And if you need to know more, pay me some money and I'll help you get that. Like there's, there's been a real kind of like drive towards pushing people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, I really it's really complicated. You won't, you won't be able to learn it unless you pay us every month this amount so we can mm. teach you it's like really and truthfully the stuff is quite simple mm. once you know it it's not necessarily easy to do but it's quite simple a lot of the stuff but then again it's it's different for most people so you've got to adjust things for the individual and it's not just if you hit your calorie deficit you'll be fine you're yeah. going to lose weight there's like there's different things that play into that and how do you get to that yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> Yeah, 2,000 yeah. calories at McDonald's is not the same as 2,000 clean calories. <laughs> I, I also... So it's, yeah, um, it's, it's these sort of things. It's too extreme. Yeah, absolutely. And go, going on that, keeping on that topic as well, I think that there's a level of like reductionism now between coaches and PTs and nutritionists and just people in general where I don't know where this idea of reductionism has come from, where it's almost either two ways they either i'm keeping a secret but if you pay me like i'll tell you what it is you know as if we haven't known how strength training works or how to get people fit or how to get people trying to eat right um but the second thing is making it seem so simple when actually sometimes it's not simple sometimes it takes a lot of work and telling a, a client oh you want to lose weight well, it's still going to, it's going to be a lot of work. Like people don't want to hear that, but that's the harsh reality of it. Mm. And with this idea of reductionism, I just don't necessarily agree that everything is so cut and dry. Not everything is black and white. It's not just a case of eating less calories because you might, okay, it might be eating less calories if you don't have an emotional attachment to food. But lots of people do have an emotional attachment to food. I have an emotional attachment to food. That's why I train so hard, because I know that I can eat more. Is that a healthy relationship? No. And guess what? I don't fucking care because I like to train hard and I like to eat good food. Is that a problem? To some people, yeah. But to me, it's not. I don't care. But to others, that is that if if I wasn't educated enough and if I wasn't experienced enough, someone could very easily tell me that's a problem. That's a really big problem that you've got there. You're emotionally attached to food. All you need to do is just calories in versus calories out. And I'd be like, yeah. sat there like, nah, mate, it's not as cut and dry as that, bud. I'm sorry about that, but no. it doesn't really work like that. <laughs> like you no, said, exactly. I've, never, when... I've seen you, I've yeah. seen you eat though. And I feel like it might be a problem. Oh, it's a problem. <laughs> Let's not go down that road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this an intervention i thought this was a podcast but we're having an intervention aren't we? it is an intervention. Connor. guys i'm struggling all right yeah but I, I think that's um i think that's a, a big thing like like you say about uh the difference with the facility like 
that's been something I've tried to push with everyone uh, arrivals to the gym. That's all, mate. I'm not just yeah. not, <laughs> a tick. Um, the uh, the difference is that I don't want to hide that secret as such. Like we were saying about these influencers and these people who, at the same time as they put out some nonsense, they mm. do sometimes put out some stuff that's good and yeah. They obviously they've done, spent their time doing their doing their stuff, so they they know some stuff as well as some of the misinformation you might get or some of the very hard line stuff they say. There's some good stuff as well, but part of what has been the approach to like you asked earlier, kind of what's what's different about your space and what you're trying to create in there, is that when people come in and talk about their nutrition or their training and all these things that we're trying to educate people as we go yeah to the point you know you you don't necessarily want to be with me as your pt for the rest of your life so if i can just at least give you some guidelines to follow that like look for you you probably want to eat about this much and you might want to think about not eating (laughs) eating a multi-pack of crisps every single week like (laughs) those kind of things just like give some people some sensible guidelines and say if you want to enjoy yourself at the weekend just acknowledge that that might put your goal a couple of weeks back. Like real simple stuff, which seems too simple in a way, but actually for a lot of people, that's kind of the stuff they need. Just to, it's almost like a, just a reassurance that look, enjoy yourself a little bit. It's not going to completely kill your hopes and dreams of feeling confident enough to take your shirt off on holiday, which Mm. most normal people, it's that kind of stuff that really matters. It's not like most people aren't going, when I get on the beach, I want an eight pack and I want to be the biggest, fittest, strongest bloke around the pool. It's like, <laughs> I just want to feel confident enough to take my shirt off. I just want to look all right. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I just want to be passably all right. Um, so just trying to educate people. Like I'm not trying to be the, the guardian of fitness secrets and be like, yeah, give me all your money first. And then I'll tell you little things. I'll drip feed you for the next yeah. 10 years, make Absolutely. loads of money off of you. And you still won't know anything because I didn't really teach you. Mm. It's, you try and just educate people so they know for themselves so then if they go away and they go and train somewhere else I know which maybe that's just uh, not just me but uh, maybe that's kind of my sort of mindset more than sort of typical but um, that I want them to uh, to if they do decide they want to go and train elsewhere I want to know that they're going there and if someone sees them training they're going to be doing the things with the right form and they're going to mm. keep themselves safe but that they could turn around and say, right, what do I want to train today? And they could put together in just off their head, top of their head, some sort of sensible training plan for the day and not just go, I'm going to work my way around the machines because I don't know what I'm doing here still. Mm-hmm. Um, and that if they're looking at their nutrition and stuff, that they've got a bit of an idea of, right, that's a more sensible option than that. Do I need the sensible option or can I get away with the fun option? Like. Mm-hmm letting people know that that's acceptable and and trying to teach them that so like we say we're not the guardian of all the world's fitness knowledge and you're you're only going to get that off of me if you pay me for it Mm -hmm. like yeah obviously at a point but not forever like you should be able to do these things for yourself so yeah there's yeah there's too much like you say there's too much of that where people will say oh well it's a secret that only i can tell you and that guy says he's got the secret he's really wrong you got to like bad mouth that guy yeah. because we're over here and we're this team and they're that team and they fucking suck. Mm. Yeah. 
You ended well, interesting... No, that's really... Oh, that's sorry, really... Sorry, sorry. Go on. Um, no, you're good. Go for no, it. I just, I just want to say, like, that was really interesting. And, and I think through all of that, you've obviously created a space that, you know, welcomes people whatever their lifestyle is and whatever their fitness goals are and kind of that sort of inclusive community for everyone to to be a part of and be on their journey you and i really want to get into the sort of next bit about you're obviously also a ambassador for november and you know that sort of element of mental health and, and the links between mental health and, and fitness and and with with you know sports and, and movement in general like that obviously is also a big part of your life and also a big part of your sort of approach to fitness um so yeah tell us a little bit about you know your role with november and, and what mental health and fitness means to you yeah so uh november to give you background on november just in case anybody doesn't know uh november started in oz uh, australia back in 2003 um i've said 2003 and now i'm doubting myself <laughs> immediately <laughs> that might be wrong but they started a long time ago um and it was a few guys who were friends getting together uh trying to raise funds for uh for men uh for men's health so the four areas that november focus on are prostate cancer testicular cancer mental health and suicide prevention so for myself I'd got involved because um, I actually spent some time in Oz and that sort of brought it more to my attention. I've obviously grown up in a rugby background, so it was kind of around the rugby club quite a lot. It's quite typical with the rugby clubs that they get involved. They quite like getting involved with the Movember stuff. Um, but being in Oz sort of pushed it a bit more with me, but I'd, particularly with the mental health and suicide prevention stuff because I had my own battles there. Um, and then that kind of led to me thinking, so well, actually, I'd like to raise some money for them. Let's let's start doing some stuff. So I was not particularly great, even though I've got the beard on now, but I weren't particularly great at growing a moustache back then. So I'd try my best. And then they brought out, um, as the years went on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not everyone can. It's not, moustache isn't for everyone. Um, and then they obviously tried to broaden it out. So it wasn't just about men raising funds, because obviously the ideal thing, for a charity is that men and women raise the funds for you so how do you get women involved if they're it's all about growing a mustache probably not going to be particularly popular <laughs> so it was then right now you move or you can raise uh raise money through an event uh by hosting an event or uh or whatever so then i was like great i can uh i'm into the gym i like keeping fit let's do some stuff with with the move side of things and um obviously i go like at the time a lot of my friends knew i was into the gym and all that kind of stuff and the people i worked with knew i was into the gym so i thought well i can't really just go to the gym <laughs> and get donations for just doing workouts so that's probably not going to be challenging enough so instead it was like right i train three or four times a week as it is i'm going to train every single day but they're going to be tough workouts it's not it's not supposed to be any easy days. They're all going to be challenging. There'll be different stuff thrown in. And that's evolved over the years. So then uh, I've tried to avoid doing every day of the month for November the last few years because it absolutely kills me. But then now, so like last year for uh, for Easter weekend, I spent three days in this facility on the little bed that's over there uh, and got up every four hours and did something different. 
So like 4 a.m. it was 240 burpees and then there was some horrendous amount of box jumps and loads of deadlifting or a hundred kilo sandbag. However many times I did that, I can't even remember. Loads of stuff on the bike and the rower and all this sort of stuff. So um, I'd always been doing bits. It evolved in the last few years, particularly like obviously last year and stuff where we ramped things up because November got in touch to say, look, we'd like you to be, or to apply at least for, for one of our sports ambassador roles. So first of all, I was kind of like touched that they even think to want to reach out to me. It wasn't something that I got in touch with them and said, oh, I'd like to apply for that. They got in touch with me. So I was like, oh, amazing, you know, just to be acknowledged as even worthy of somebody they'd want involved was nice. Um, And then I got it and I was really chuffed. That was probably nine nine years into raising funds for them. So uh, sort of off my own back in a small way. I wasn't raising massive money or anything, but then... Yeah, so for the last three years, this will be the start of my fourth soon. I've I've been a sports ambassador, which has been great. Met loads of good guys through it, loads of good females as well. They've got loads of good female sports ambassadors. Um, and there's some people doing some unbelievable stuff. <laughs> so then that helps you get a little bit of motivation to go, right, I'm going to do something a little bit nuttier than last year because that guy just swam the channel and then went off to Barcelona and did a triathlon <laughs> or whatever. Um, I think well, I weren't going to do anything like that. I was thinking of just like sixty push-ups a day, um, but that's the good thing with the move <laughs> side of November is that it's not, it doesn't have to actually be anything extreme. You haven't got to climb Everest. It's it was basically, and that's how I remember it starting was the first year it came out was it's just about doing a little bit more. So if you drive to the shop on Saturday, uh, on a Saturday or a Sunday to pick up your paper and your milk, walk. That's more more activity. Um, or if you're super fit and you do loads of stuff anyway, push that a little bit more. So I started doing that. Um, it's been really good for me personally. Like it's the self-esteem and the confidence you get from setting your goal, doing something that seems crazy to yourself. Obviously, excluding that as people doing stuff that might seem crazier uh, or more extreme. Like it's rewarding from that point of view, and and then main thing being actually to push the message and the awareness which donations are great obviously it helps them create uh, funding for research and do some new things Uh, i know last year they they would announce some stuff that it was uh early detection for prostate cancer and things like that that is phenomenal and that my members helped fund the research for and now they've found a way of 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 uh spotting it earlier which is great um but as well as that, the thing you can't track, donations is a total, obviously, of money. But what you can't track is the awareness and raising awareness of the fact that for blokes, there's nothing wrong with talking about your problems when you've got problems. And mm-hmm. I get it a lot. Again, we go back to that thing about PTs or counsellors. Um, and when you're a coach in any sort of form, you're going to find that people will open up about other stuff. Um, you get that a lot. And it's usually quite often with the gents, in in a gym environment it's the guys you least expect you know the biggest toughest looking dudes walk in and behind closed doors and they're like I'm falling apart mate like I'm in bits I've got all these problems and why can't I hold down a relationship or why do I feel like this about myself or whatever Uh, and there's been a bunch of times I spoke to male friends of mine who are friends of mine but you know they've got their group of close mates like proper best friends and I've said have you asked like spoke to any of your friends about it they're like, no, 
never, you're the first person I've even mentioned that to. And then, so you sort of think, well, why is that the case? Like, obviously, great. And I'm glad that they're opening up to someone. And if that's me and I'm, I'm there helpful as a third party, fantastic. But then you're thinking, well, actually, what you do need is you need your friends who know you best, who can see you day in and day out or speak to you day in and day out and spot the signs and say, he's off. I need to just text him and just say, let's see a beer at the weekend. Or if obviously that's not perfect for everyone, if there's a bit of a drink problem involved or whatever, you just say, do you want to go and play some golf, mate? Or do you want to go to the gym or whatever? Just to try and get them to open up and say to you, mate, I'm struggling. Can can you help me out? Can you just, I've got this problem. What, what's, your, what's your opinion? What should I do? Um, so just trying to yeah. push that message that there's nothing wrong with it. Like it happens. Plenty of people get by in life and they'll never experience mental health problem and good luck to them. But plenty of us get it. The statistics are massive. And if it's happening to that many people, then you're more than likely going to find someone who understands where you're coming from or has had the same thoughts or the same concerns and had the same problems or been in a rut and thought, I've got nowhere to turn. Like this at one point, it was as dark as it could have been for me uh, without going into crazy detail because, you know, that's not necessarily the point. But, like, you're, you're sitting there thinking, there's no point. What's going on? Like, well, this isn't what it's supposed to be like. Well, if I did what I was going to do, I wouldn't be sitting here in my own gym facility, whatever that would be now, 10 years nearly later. Um, and I know that there's plenty of people who feel that same way. And it's only when you start to see that it actually that's not, you know, you kind of have that view in your head. That's not necessarily the reality of the situation, but your head's telling you that's the reality. Um, and a lot of people don't ever, unfortunately, find their way out of that. Um, yeah. And partly because we as blokes, typically, we, we're supposed to be strong and I can handle anything. And it's, it's weak if I can't handle any, anything that's thrown at me. So I'm going to bottle everything up and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to plough on and then it's only further down the line that things fall apart um, or behind closed doors, things are falling apart. Um, and sometimes it's too late. And so, yeah, I'd like we mentioned before, like I've got um, a real big uh, focus on bringing that mental health stuff into the training. So when I'm PT and clients or I've got members in, even the, the stuff like we said about dancing in the workout. <laughs> if if yeah. you're coming in and you're you're having a really rough week yeah. and then all you get during your workout is some guy shouting at you because you're not going quick enough. But inside, you're just beating yourself up because you're thinking, I'm, I'm a piece of shit and I'm, I'm not worth anything. I'm, I'm doing crap at work and my missus don't even want to be with me or whatever. And then some other guy's just drilling you. And you've got no enjoyment anywhere. Well, what's the outcome of that? Where's the where's the benefit of that? There's no positives there. So if you can try and help people see that what you do in here, like for me, the gym and the fitness and all that stuff, that's great. But it's no good if you can lift the heaviest barbell in the room, but you walk out the door and you fall apart because you can't function, yeah. because you beat yourself up and you don't feel good and you're hiding all your problems and you're living a lie and all them things that loads of people do. I mean, we talk about social media and all this stuff. Like how many people do we know? Like everybody says about it. It's the perfect life. 
I'm doing everything amazing that you want to do and you wish you were living this life and then half them people are miserable because it's all yeah. the front and it's yeah. just a lie and they can't open up to anyone and it's like, where does that stop? Oh, I've got to, I've got to one-up that thing because that's the image I've given everybody. But like, why? Why do you need to give that image? Like, Most people are perfectly good people. You don't, you don't need to prove anything to anyone. Um, yeah. For a lot of guys, that's not how they think, and they don't think necessarily that that they're they're good enough or or whatever it might be. You know, I need to look better. I need to earn more. I need to own all these flash things so that someone values me more. Actually, people value enough as it is. Um, even when it's the, the sort of darkest times, you you've got people around who who are going to rather you who would rather you were here. You know. Um, mm. So sort of pushing that message. And as well, the other thing just on that that I'd like to say is, I know I'm a Movember ambassador and it's a men's health charity, but one big thing that I always push is that it impacts women just as much. Um, I know the statistics show that the suicides are way, in, uh, way, in, uh, way more dominated by the men and all that stuff. Yeah. But in terms of mental health, women struggle as well. And also, you know, if men are struggling the women in their lives are definitely struggling as well. Yeah. And they're mm. feeling the impact of that. 100%. Because if that guy's yeah. going home and he's clearly got problems and he's not opening up, his mum, his wife, girlfriend, sister, daughters, whoever it might be, is going to be affected by that. And especially if it gets to the extremist sort of possible point where, you know, someone takes their own life and there's going to be females in their lives that are left to pick up the pieces and then they've got to deal with that and they've got their own mental health problems. So it's something that's impacting everyone, whether it's the man that's struggling or not, or a female that's struggling. It's it's out there, um, but it's trying to push that there's things you can do. There's people you can reach out to. My um, vendor really massive benefit of being a Movember ambassador was they gave us some uh, mental health first aid training and that's not to turn around and make out like, oh, I'm going to cure you. <laughs> talk to me like <laughs> I, I don't have that power but yeah. i at least know this i know the signs i know or a bit more uh i know some of the the um the places i can direct people for help and that i can sit there and say look come to me if you've got a problem and let's point you in the direction of someone that is an expert and who can talk you through things and try and rebuild if that's what it needs um and, and make things better for you. So they do a load of good stuff. It does carry over massively. I mean, there's stuff that happens every week. I'm having conversations mm. with someone who's who's got a problem, uh, whatever that may be, male or female. Um, so yeah, I mean, the Movember stuff's huge for me personally. Um, and it's just really nice to be able to raise money for them. And I'm really proud of being an ambassador for them, but also to then, turn it into not just raising money, but actually now starting to really genuinely help people as well. And and it's then a bigger thing than just, it's nice for me. I feel good because I raised some money for a good cause. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's bigger than yeah. that. It's more important than that. Um, and t- today, funny enough, we found out because me and my team, uh, we created a Brickfields team. And there was four of us, me, uh, one of the other sports ambassadors who is a member here. And I got uh, uh, involved last year. And then two two guys who come into the facility, um, the four of us uh, as a team, we got 
we found out today we're nominated for an award at the team as for Team Movember for oh, the November awards this year. So we're buzzing, um, which is really nice. Again, it's not you don't do it's charity, so you're not doing it to get recognised. You don't want no. people to pat you on the back mm. and go, "Car, aren't you good? What a, what a Samaritan!" <laughs> but it's just such a lovely thing to be. Uh, acknowledge for it. Like, yeah. Who cares if we win? <laughs> it's yeah, not about exactly. winning. It's a charity awards night. It's just lovely that you get recognised for it um, and that they appreciate what you're doing. Uh, and like we said, you know, you do silly things at 4am doing 240 burpees three nights in a row on top of everything else and you think, why the fuck am I doing this to myself? Like, no one made <laughs> me do this. <laughs> I've done this to myself. I've got no one else to blame. But that sort of thing, then you think, yeah, that's why we do it because it's for a good cause and and it's worthwhile. It is actually worthwhile. It's you're not stupid for doing it and wasting your time or any of that stuff. It is it is going to a good cause and it's a good thing that you're doing. So yeah, so roll on March sixth. Let's see who wins. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's incredible. That is incredible. And absolute credit to you and you know the work that you do and obviously for such an amazing cause. And um, like you say the work uh, and and the the kind of money that's raised and everything that goes into you know um the charity being able to provide funds for research and, and advancing kind of medical interventions and technology is amazing but then on the other side of that as well the awareness and you know i personally have had I'm, yeah like thank you so much for opening up a little bit about your own um, journey as well. And, you know, cause I've, I have um, friends, you know, two, two friends that I had sadly passed away uh, through suicide um, a couple of years ago. Um, and I personally have, you know, also gone through my own things, but I think there's definitely been just through like raising awareness and just through, sort of being more conscious and aware of the messaging and, and telling people making it a conscious effort to to kind of spread the word and tell people that it is okay especially for men to open up and talk about these things like the last couple of years i've definitely seen a big shift in in sort of attitudes towards mental health um and kind of this transition in, in definitely a very positive way where I definitely find it in myself personally, but also with a lot of the people around me, a lot of my friends around me and a lot of the guys that I know like have become more comfortable and open with sharing and talking about their own their own mental health and, and just their kind of feelings and in general, um, which makes such a massive difference. And I, I know, you know, firsthand that November and, and the work that they do the work that you know people like you do has a massive impact on that um so first of all i say thank you um but kind of moving from there like i think i i I'm, i'd be really interested to hear what you think about this because i've i've thought about this a lot and i think within the fitness industry and we keep talking about the sort of cliches and the messaging through uh the fitness industry but I think there's quite often this sort of double-edged sword of like it can be a lot of what is put out there can be quite detrimental or neg negatively impact your mental health. Um, you know the the thought that 
quite straightforwardly like you can see that you can always be better whether it's you know you're deadlifting 200 kilos and the guy next to you or you open instagram and you see some guy deadlifting 225 and you're like okay i, I can do better um and you know you think you look pretty good you've got a six pack someone else has definitely got an eight pack and that kind of motivation that you you can always be better but if you flip that around that could be dangerous with you thinking like i could be better so like i'm not good enough um so i just think it's it's such sort of murky waters kind of traversing through the connection between the fitness industry and fitness in general and mental health and and you know even to the point where just simple things like you know the I, I quite often see sort of messaging the or, or things being portrayed as you know like the guys in the gym being big and strong and powerful and you know like you say quite often those are the guys who behind closed doors are struggling the most with their mental health and, and, and being in a in a tough place but I don't know if that kind of imagery is sort of encouraging for guys who want to be like that to actually open up about things like that so how do you kind of navigate navigate that and you know what's how do you see the role of fitness in sort of bettering and looking after your own your your mental health and, and you know as a coach as well like looking after other people's mental health well i mean uh first of all i say like i'm it's quite humbling <laughs> to have you say thanks for what we do because um it's just great that actually you think we do all this stuff because we want everybody to be be all right you know and everybody to understand that you can get better if you are struggling and stuff so yeah you know i'm I'm glad to hear that like you said you felt like there's been a shift and people talk about things more and i think as well just on that like we mentioned earlier about um professional athletes who we said about people who didn't love what they were doing and so it's like why are you doing it the amount of like olympic lifters in the last year i think i can think of two off the top of my head uh, I think they're both females, maybe a male and a female. I forget one of them, but um, one of them is definitely a female. You said like the weight cutting to get into the category, uh, the training and everything just stopped being enjoyable. Didn't like it. Wants to step back. You think you've been to the Olympics. Most people would go, oh my God, you're at the pinnacle. Why would you want to step back from that? Like you're there. It's like, because she's not enjoying it. You know, she's valuing her mental health more. So like you say, that sort of stuff is creeping out more where people are opening up and going, you know, once upon a time, she's just disappeared off and everybody's going, oh, what happened to her? Yeah. Well, now people know because people are more willing to say, that's why, um, because I'm unhappy and I want to be happy because that's more important yeah. than me to than go into another Olympics uh, and whatever. But in terms of the training and stuff and the mental health and what 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 we can do there, like I, I'd like to think of it as just a way to reinforce to someone how capable they are and that build the things they do in here are to build their self-esteem and build their confidence in themselves say look you, you're good at things you can do things well and you put your mind to that look how far you've come right just by putting mm -hmm. a bit more effort into that and so that when they leave they feel like actually yeah all right you know it's completely it's not always got to be that it's got to be related and I'm doing this thing 
to get good at this thing. But like, if you can come in here and you can achieve something that you never thought you could achieve, well, that gives you confidence to go out into the big wide world and go to work and, and be better at your job. Because you think, well, why couldn't I get that promotion? Or why couldn't I find the love of my life or do these things? Like, like you said about uh, seeing stuff on social, like in this gym, I'd say there's maybe one or two guys who could get close to my deadlift, say. Uh, as long as Connor doesn't come in, I'll keep my squat record. And I'll be fine there. But <laughs> the, I, I'm, I'm in them sort of lifts, I'm usually stronger than uh, any of the members we've got currently. Um, but I still will post stuff like you, exactly like you said. I'll post stuff on social just to show people that, look, I'm doing the things that I give to people and I get progress. That's all that's for. It's not to be like gloating, not to be like, look, I'm the biggest, strongest guy. But you can go onto the Discover page and see 100 guys doing way more weight than I will ever lift in my life. So then I'll see yeah. that and I'm thinking to myself, there's times where I'll sit there and I think, I'm not strong enough. I, I could get stronger. Yeah. What have I yeah. got to do to get stronger? How do I get from 230 to 240? Those sort of things. Like, why am I beating myself up? that I can't get that weight up when most guys will yeah. think 230 is crazy because they're like what the fuck is that why are you deadlifting that what's the benefit why are you doing it but for me that's so that's probably like the best example and the most the closest to home I could possibly get what I do in the gym for myself is to prove something to me because in the past some of my mental struggles would have been that I didn't know if I was good enough in anything like am I that guy that's sort of okay but don't really get there like I'm not quite good enough at anything mm. and then so I've always just pushed for my own sake like right I'm going to try and be as physically strong in certain things the things I like doing I'm not going to pretend like I'm going to try and be a good 5k or 10k runner no interest in it I want to be good at back squatting I enjoy it I like how it feels when I get a good back squat I like deadlifting so I'm going to do that and try and do that well um and by doing them things and trying to better myself at the things I enjoy, the self-esteem I've got off the back of that and the confidence that's given me has been huge. And so that's what I try then get across to the members and just try and show them that you can do more than you think you can do. Uh, we spoke before we started recording about David Goggins. So I know that's, that's one of them guys that can come across a bit black and white and a bit like, you've got to get up and you've got to do this shit and you've got to do something that sucks every day and blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's a bit extreme, Dave. Like, calm it down a bit. Like, not everybody <laughs> wants that. But at the same time, there is something in that that, like, actually, most mm. people don't get out of their comfort zone enough. Just doesn't have to be every day. Why don't you do something that's pretty shitty once a month that you don't like doing? What do you hate doing in the gym? You hate skiing? Let's ski 2,000 metres and see how you feel. Some people will ski 2,000 mm. metres like it's nothing, like a walk in the park. But for someone, that might be massive just to even get through 2,000 metres, let alone do it at what people might consider a really fast time. Um, but the satisfaction, the reward that comes off the back of that is huge. And I get lots of members, which is nice for me, which, because it's the goal. I get a lot of members who finish the workouts uh, and then will message me afterwards, like in the group setting, they'll message me afterwards and say, you know, that was, <laughs> that was shit at the time and I thought I was dying, but I feel so good after. And I just, I'm doing things I never thought I could do. I didn't think I could do one pull-up and now I'm doing four. That seems like such a small thing, but what does that instill in you when you do that? Like that shows you, you can do 
four times more than you ever thought you could do. That's massive. Yeah. So where, where yeah. else can you apply that? You know, just having the right path, which, like we were saying earlier, is sometimes it's a simple thing of saying, I know the path to try and guide you this way. It might not be easy to do, but we know it. Uh, we know how to get there, sorry. Um, can make such a difference to someone to just say, right, you want to get good at that. This is how you do that. Um, and then for them, they can go out, like we said, you know, you, they go back to work and they feel good about themselves because they're confident that actually, yeah, I'm capable of stuff. I'm better than I thought I was. Uh, I know for myself, I know this is slightly different because it's not about necessarily the fitness thing exactly, but I know that one thing that was massive for me feeling some level of confidence in myself and self-esteem was starting the businesses. Um, mm. Like we said, people were thinking I was crazy. I was leaving a, a well-paid job at a massive company that's been around for over 100 years. They're one of the top 30 companies in the world. And I'm leaving that to go and set up something with a handful of clients. And they're like, are you off your head? You had progress there. So there's a path. <laughs> they were just going to guide you along. You were just going to yeah. keep making salary jumps every year. And a friend of mine who was a he was a paratrooper, he was a very good soldier, had a had a, had a wild career, uh, who I think he's probably the most inspirational guy I know because of what he did and some of the things he's told me about, which again that comes back to sort of the mental health stuff that started out a long time ago for me. Um, was him opening up about some of the stuff he'd seen and done that just blew my mind. And he said to me that you leaving that and starting your own thing is the bravest thing I've ever seen. That you're the most inspirational person I know. And I thought, first of all, I wholeheartedly disagree. <laughs> you definitely know someone who's done something more impressive. But I know he wouldn't say it just to say it. He's not going to just he's not the kind of guy who's just gonna blow smoke up my ass. He's 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. he's fucking direct. He's just everything is to the point and he, he means what he says and yeah. It kind of it kind of sort of that really humbled me because him saying that, I thought, oh well, yeah, maybe maybe that is quite a brave thing to do, I suppose. But you know, there's brave and there's brave. Like it's, I'm not risking life or limb, but yeah, it is a brave thing to do, I guess, to jump out of a good, good, well-paid job and all the rest with a prospect and start your own thing because you believe in yourself and back yourself enough. So I see what other people are doing, and I reckon I can do that better. Mm. Um, and so that instills something in you. But I think that kind of stuff which is something that I can always say to clients is, look, you know, I've lived it. I've done stuff that mm -hmm. was out of my comfort zone. That was yeah. not what everybody told me I should be doing. Not everyone backed the ideas. You know, you, 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 you start a business and you think your loved ones and your people closest are going to be your biggest supporters. That is not how that goes. Some of them are your biggest detractors and some of them are the people who think you should not do that at all. Stick to the safe path keep that office job, do that, whether you're happy or not, because it's safe. And then there's people who come out of the woodwork who you know, but don't know that well, or you, you know, you've grown apart or whatever, who get in touch and say, mate, that's unbelievable. Like, so inspiring, keep doing it, like, stick with it. It's going to work out. You're the perfect kind of guy for that. Like, you'd be brilliant doing this. You think, all oh, right, maybe, maybe I was right. <laughs> and by doing yeah. it, you build yeah. that self-esteem the same as you build it in the gym by pushing on to new levels. And then you can say to people, look, I've done it. So I know you can do it because I've done it. So there's no reason to think you can't. Um, 
And that's, the, the, again, the gym. Unless your goal is to be really good at something that relates to being in a gym. So you're a power lifter. So you need to be really good at deadlifting or squatting or benching. Unless that's the goal, the gym should there be there to be helping you with the rest of your life and making everything else easier yeah, yeah. and building your confidence for the, the everything outside the four walls of the gym. Um, and whether that's your mental health or your physical health or whatever, that's that's got to be, uh, for most people, that's got to be the goal. Right? Worry about that out there. Not If you don't do so well on your lift today, it doesn't really matter. But you can build your confidence, build your self-esteem through it. Yeah. Absolutely. no i i i've just been sat here for the last 20 30 minutes just listening to you guys have an amazing conversation and i had nothing <laughs> else to add um but what i do find really interesting about well both of the things that you shine and, and you luke have said is that you're both really one of the things that we tried to do in this podcast is just be transparent with people because yes we don't know everything you know, we, we haven't lived through everything, but we have all three of us had experiences of our own mental health battles and we're very transparent with that. And I think that in itself, in and of itself is really important that we acknowledge that not only have we had some mental health problems, but we still continue to deal with those on the, on a day-to-day -day basis. And we want to use those experiences to help other people. That's one of the reasons why we started this podcast. One of the reasons why I became a coach. One of the reasons why Yushuan is my best friend because we have conversations that actually mean something. And when he goes and moves over to Ireland, to some people that might not be a big step, but they don't know him as well as I do. That to him is a big fucking deal. And I'm proud of him for him doing that. If I'd have known you back when you were working in insurance and you decided to open your own gym, I 100% guarantee I would have been at the forefront to say, Luke, fucking good on you. Cause it's, it takes a lot of courage to do something. Um, not only that seems risky, but that people say is not a good idea. Um, and you've done it and it's, you know, you know, it's doing well, super well. He's doing all right. It's yeah, all right. <laughs> absolutely. Well, mate, I, um, I, uh, the thing, like you said about uh, moving over to Ireland and stuff, like once upon a time when I was 21 and I went to Oz, for instance, at that time I flew out to Oz by myself. Like my friends were there, they were all already in Oz. So I, was, I wasn't going the whole way solo. I was flying to meet people, but flying to Oz by myself with a stopover in Japan was a huge deal for me because at the same time that I was doing that months before I was the same guy who didn't want to get on the bus because I was so nervous about just saying the wrong thing to the bus driver and that people might think yeah. I was an idiot because yeah. I didn't know how to say, can I have a return, return ticket to Smallford? And you think you, there's everybody's got that little thing that is, this is a big step for them. It might seem like a small step for me, but that's a big step for them. Yeah, or what yeah. they're doing seems super far-fetched for me, but for them might seem like they're really small. But it's just, understand that we're all different and we all have them things that we're like, oof. And again, just that, you you know, you've got people like yourself who can turn around and say to him, mate, that's brilliant, do it. Like, you're going to smash it. Like, I back you wholeheartedly and I'll, I'll stand by you the whole way and, you know, 
there's going to be ups and downs. I've had plenty of people who have been there for me, supporting me alongside the gym. Yeah. I can tell you, you know, the, the, the mental health struggles of opening a gym single-handed and the financial pressure and all the stuff, working all the hours, no time for anything, pressure, 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 trying to build the place into something that people want to come and see. Um, has been massive. There's times where I'd said to people, I hate the place, take the keys. I don't care what you do with it. I'm never coming back. Like in the build-up as we were, you know, knocking walls out and we was putting flooring in and we was doing all the stuff we were doing, trying to get the place into a functioning gym was horrendous. Some of the stuff. And I think, well, I got through that. Uh, so what else could I get through? And it's only sometimes you put yourself out of your comfort zone. You go further than maybe you want to go. That you see whether you can, what you can handle and whether you can, whether you can take more than you think. Um, you will always try stuff that doesn't pan out. Uh, I could have, like I knew for myself, like if I didn't, if, it, if I didn't manage to make it work with a PT studio, it was a tiny little space. I could give it, I got a clause in my lease. I could give it back in a few months. Yeah. Fine. The risk yeah. is re really quite low. I can always apply for a job. I'm pretty switched on guy. I knew what I was doing in my old career. Um, I could apply for something within a month. I'll be working somewhere else mm -hmm. and it'll be back to that until I decide maybe I want to do something else. But it's, yeah, you, you sometimes, uh, Sometimes you do need someone else to help you push beyond what you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. um, and you might think, oh, I could do that. But as well, this is the other thing that you look at it and social media again, you see people doing stuff and you think, well, I don't like what they're doing, but they're making a success of it. Mm. I completely wholeheartedly, like I said probably wholeheartedly about 50 times in this podcast, but I wholeheartedly <laughs> do not agree with that person's view of fitness and what they're doing. And they're making it work. So if they can make it work, and I think I can do that better, why can't I do that? You know, there's, yeah. there's a, I think there's yeah. that thing that floats around on socials from time to time. It's like there's someone doing the thing you want to do who's not as capable as you are. Mm -hmm. And that's probably true for so many people that they're just they're not doing the thing they love doing because they're so worried about whether it will work out or not, but also other people's opinions of, of them taking that leap. Yeah. Um, and sometimes there's a jealousy thing to that which comes out that whatever you're doing in life you're applying for a new job that pays you better or you're buying that nice car that you wanted because that's your dream car or you're starting a business because you don't want to work for someone else anymore that people um, <laughs> are quite alike which sounds quite a negative sort of sounds negative is people want to see you do well just not better than them and there are them people <laughs> yeah yeah. Like some people are quite happy to be like, oh, you're doing well, that's nice. But as soon as you get to a certain point and suddenly now you're not just doing well, you're achieving and you're you're making it work, you know. Yeah. But yeah. they're a bit yeah. like, oh, well, he's not that good. He doesn't really know what he's talking about. <laughs> you're like, why well, you got to be like that? Yeah. <laughs> why can't we all succeed no, and be happy for each other that we're all succeeding in whatever we want to do? Yeah. So um, yeah, there's, a, there's so much like there's jealousy and play and ego and stuff like that. Yeah, especially yeah. in our sort of industry. Put people like, off, you know? Absolutely, yeah. In the fitness industry as a whole, I think, and not even just fitness industry, just in sports in general, you know, you hear almost, um, ever since playing sport as a young kid, you know, we've spoken about this before, like rugby and so on and so forth. The main goal of sport is to, or at least I was taught, that you either win or you lose, 
and it's a very black and white way of looking at it, right? If you lose a rugby game, then you're you're not as good as the opponent. Um, and I I took that. I, I still take that now today, where I have that mentality, where like I have this over win or lose mentality, and it's certainly blended now into less of a. It's not black and white anymore. It's more just a case of okay, well. That didn't work, so maybe let's try again. Or looking at, you know, we we spoke about both of you spoke about this kind of comparing to other people, and you look at comparison, you go, well, actually, if you really sit back and think about it, is that is what they have really what I want, or is it just because I don't have it? Um, and off quite often I come back to that thought of like maybe maybe it's just because it's something that i don't have and you shine literally just mentioned it about the whole kind of jealousy thing um it's sort of that feeling of envy that you're like oh i wish i had what they had but in reality you probably don't you just you just don't have it so you want it it's like you know a child mm. getting their their lego stolen like you know we have this sort of like monkey inside of us that's just controlling and dictating like oh they have what i don't have i want what they have um rather than thinking for yourself you know moving to ireland you going to oz and setting up your own gym um yeah and i think as well it's um yeah. sorry no go sorry, no, no i'm uh, done, I'm just, done, I'm done. Um, <laughs> it just <laughs> it just really goes to show that like everyone is on their own journey and everyone like growth and development for everyone, whether that's in the gym, whether that's in fitness, whether that's in life, their job, like it looks different for everyone and it can mean different things. Like for you, Luke, and for you, Con as well, like starting your own businesses, um, you know, were massive steps for you and steps that had sort of a little bit of pushback. Um, but that's how much it meant to you um and as well going back to the sort of connection between fitness and mental health and things like that i think there are a lot of positives um as luke i'm sure you'd agree and, and you've kind of touched on uh, there's a lot of kind of positive attitudes and messages that come through fitness that really like positively impact your mental health um that you can take forward like you say like use the gym to take forward to the to to the outside world into life outside of the four walls of of your of your gym as good as the gym may be but um you know and for me personally in sports it's you know that i want to be i want to be i want to surround myself with with people who who are good who are better than me who are who are performing better than i am that will push me to get to the next level like I want to push myself to that next level, like work that little bit harder than I did before. Um, mm. Things like that. But I think it's such a balancing act of you want that kind of mentality and that kind of attitude that will help you succeed and achieve the goals that you want. But in the process of doing that, you also want to look after yourself. You know, you have to understand that Yes, you want to be surrounded by people who will push the shit out of you and who are better than you, but that's also not the most comfortable place to be. 
you know um mm -hmm. and you have yeah. to be aware of that and, and know how to kind of respond to when you feel a little bit of self-doubt or hits to your ego or be like oh shit because you're surrounded with all these good people who are doing the same things that you are but better you're like fuck maybe i can't do this you have to kind of be able to take a step back and realize actually no i've just put myself here yeah. because i'm good enough to be here and i'm doing it for my own development things like that you know and, and you know that something that's always stuck with me as well is uh interestingly enough like all three of us come from sort of rugby backgrounds from back in school but i had a rugby coach that always said um when we were going into when we were going into the rocks or going into the contact area no 50 50s um you know you want to go in oh like, yeah fully committed to the tackle and i mean i and and he made it a real point that that applies to life outside of rugby as well and that's just always stuck with me you know like mm. you want to go into everything <laughs> fully committed um and mate i like i feel like we can go on for hours but i'm just yeah. i've just become very aware yeah. that we've <laughs> passed the one hour mark <laughs> but uh, yeah on that point oh, though, like, like ron swanson <laughs> anybody who likes parks and rec ron swanson love it you don't half you don't half ass it you whole ass it you whole ass big it. fan of that yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah why are yeah. you why why are you half assing it 100 yeah. and like just like going back to what connor said about winning and losing uh i grew up in a house with two older brothers I'm not exactly a tall fella. They were a little bit bigger than me. And obviously there's a five-year age, well, I say obviously, but there's a five-year age gap between us uh, from youngest to oldest. So there's obviously a sort of physical development yeah. point of view. There's a bit of a difference as the years were going on. But I'd play rugby against the two of them um, and things were competitive, like brothers can be. And we'd beat, beat the life out of each other. But you then develop like a thing of lose, I hate losing. And I think like Connor said, it's, it's quite a, it, it can be quite a negative thing. Actually, what I learned over the years was having that in, in you that losing, you hate losing, isn't necessarily a bad thing because it's pushing you to try and win and yes. do better. But it's how you respond at the time. So if you're that person who loses and then you're a nightmare to be around because you ruin everybody's day and you create an atmosphere because I lost at that thing, whatever it may be, however in, inconsequential it might be. That's not a nice thing to be. But if you lose and you go, right, well, I don't like that and I want to do better, what can I do to stop that happening again? Mm -hmm. That's a positive thing. So, you know, it's you can hate losing, but just hate losing in the right way. Um, and then, we, you know, when you go over to uh, talking about, like Connor said, about how you look at someone else and what they've got and think, oh, well, I want that. Like, why haven't I got that or whatever? talking to my paratrooper friend. Um, he's probably my closest friend. And he's very into the mindset of stuff and how he thinks about things and his approach and assessing his thoughts. Why do I feel like that about that? Why am I worrying whether that guy's got a nice car? My friend's got a really nice car, a really lovely Audi that he drives. And he's doing really well for himself in life. And I, I couldn't be prouder of him. And I'm chuffed to bits for him that he's done so well after coming out of the military. And... Uh, we were talking about the last time we caught up for a coffee and he said about how he said, I'm driving up and I thought, Oh, I love that car. I'd like one of them. 
So then I thought back to a podcast I'd heard about, and now I'm probably going to butcher this because this is secondhand from from him telling me the the really good thing that he heard <laughs> to me now trying to Third-hand trying to re- like convey that message to you. Yeah, this is this is probably going to be slightly shitter than what he was hearing, but it's coming from a place of you're operating from a place of lack where you're never quite good enough and nothing you've got is good enough. But like he said, mm. you sit there and you reflect on it and you think, I'm sitting in a really nice S-Line Audi A5. It's pretty good. It's a really nice car. I don't actually need to worry about that nice car because this is plenty. Yeah. This is enough. Like, yeah. all right, I might want that further down the line, but I'm not going to worry that I haven't got that. And that place of lack is where a lot of people, when he said that to me, I, I sort of walked out of, this happens every time me and him meet up for a coffee that I walk out of there with 10 things to think about. But uh, I walked out of there thinking, actually, yeah, that's so true. And how can I try and stop doing that so that I don't feel as inadequate if, if that ever comes up where I think, oh, well, I'm doing all right, but I'm not doing that all right. You know, I'm not mm. as good as that. Um, and I think for a lot of people that could, if they could start to try and think a little bit more like that, where they don't compare, don't worry about what they're doing. How are you doing? What's, your job's going well. You're you're on the path to promotion. You've got the things you need in life that, are, you know, that that anybody else, plenty of people would look at and go, "Fuck now, how well were they doing?" Um, so why have you got to worry what anybody else is doing? Like, just be. You got to learn to be happy with what you are doing, and if you're not happy, you got to try and push on. But operating from a a place of lack, as as he was telling me, is is something a lot of people do, and is not not good you've got to just yeah the, the comparisons and all that social media stuff that really pushes all that is mm. just not a positive place to be yeah but this is why 100%. i often say to people as well when they say oh i know that that we're we're drawing on quite a long episode here and this would be the last thing that i say i promise is um if you if you really do find that social media is a struggle for you and you compare it why do you still have it because you don't need it. You genuinely do not need it in your life. Like, okay, fair enough. I use mine for my business and I've started posting a little bit more on my personal social media, but I very rarely just scroll through social media anymore because it's boring. I just don't really care enough about it. I don't have that emotional attachment. I still kind of check in on friends and so on and so forth. But to be honest with you, if I want to chat to my friends, I'll either call them up or I'll just message them on WhatsApp or I'll start a podcast with them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, like I, I get it. Social media, it was, what, social media was invented to make it easier for us to communicate with each other around the world. And that's a great thing that we're now more communicated, but at the same time it could, and it does lead to, you being too overstimulated and having too much communication with everybody. Like sometimes you need to just live by yourself and live in your own life rather than wanting to live in everybody else's, um, you know? So that, yeah. that's my, that's my, la- my last bit I'm going to say. Um, otherwise we're going to be going on for another hour. I guarantee it. <laughs> well, Luke, um, just to go back quickly, and this is my last bit, but, um... <laughs> So when you talk about operating operating from a place of lack, there's a there's an old Chinese saying which I'm probably going to butcher because when I translate it, it's not going to be nearly as poetic. But basically, the man who sat on a donkey looks to the left and sees a man sat on a horse, and looks to his right and sees a man on foot. 
you know, like there's always going to yeah. be people and things and situations better or worse off than the place you're in. Um, mm-hmm. But the place you're in exactly, seems to be yeah. pretty yeah. good. And um, just quickly to round off, what's what's next, man? What's next for Luke? What's next for the gym? What's next for, for life? Uh, a holiday, hopefully. Uh, that'd be nice. <laughs> oh. uh, if we could make that happen, Christ, that'd be a dream. Just a beach and a beer or a rum. Um, no, I, I, mate, hopefully push the place on. Like We're growing all the time. It's still obviously relatively early days. We're, what are we now, 15 months since opening and, you know, it's tough times the first sort of few months. So it weren't like we got the normal, typical ramp up. Um other things impacted that as well. There was a lot of stuff that went on behind the scenes that slowed the rate of growth down a bit, but the place has always been growing and it's still growing. It's growing more than ever. Every week we're getting people come in who are signing up, which is great because the space isn't humongous. So it's not, you know, we're not talking about 3000 square foot facility that needs filling with 8,000 members. We're talking Mm. about a space that's a lot smaller than that. So, you know, if you're getting somebody or two, one or two people every week signing up, that's big progress. So we're, we're going well, we're growing and people are loving what we do because again, that thing of it's a community of people, you might be the least fit person or you might be the fittest person in the room, but it does not matter because everybody here understands that if you're putting in a big effort, that's the most important thing. And I think that's really resonating with people and helping the place grow. So uh, this place can keep growing, which would be great. And I'll be pushing that and doing my best. And down the road, uh, the natural progression is either we look at a bigger facility, which would be great if we can get to that, or we open something else or maybe something that ties in alongside it. You know, again, there's other things we want to do that aren't necessarily just solely related to fitness with all the things we're doing with mental health and all the other things um, that you can do for the community. And I don't mean the community as in the gym members as such and just the people who just come in here. We can help the local community by doing some things for people that, they might not have any interest in fitness, and that's fine. Right? Yeah. But we want a space where people feel like they can come in, and it's a nice welcoming space for whatever we're trying to do. Um, so there is a lot of things in the pipeline that I'd like to be getting getting going and pushing on more. And um, yeah, P1 is build the gym, grow the gym, get that up, make sure people are, are getting what they need from the fitness facility. Uh, and down the line, yeah, probably the next sort of real big one that I've got already in my head is up to a point where we can try and get a base that's still near and still in the same area but just maybe you know two or three sizes bigger yeah. than this just because then mm-hmm. then we can we can help even more people out and mm-hmm. and push the message to more people um well listen when I'm back from New York stuff, specifically that's big yeah yeah <laughs> when I'm back from New York Luke you know exactly where I'm coming yeah yeah good man whenever, welcome, whenever i'm in town whenever i'm stumble across Hertfordshire for some reason uh i'll be there i'll be <laughs> yeah. at the door and uh no that's feel free exciting. mate you'll, you'll both be welcome and i'm gonna say it by my favorite episode today oh <laughs> that's just the whiskey i don't know what to say Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. That was Absolutely. that was a really good chat. Uh, mate, I loved it. It was uh it was nice to talk, obviously getting to meet you uh digitally, but it is it's nice to meet you, nice to have a chat with you guys. Like I mean, you've probably picked up I could talk all day. Like it, 
most of it might not even make sense, but I could talk <laughs> that about makes it. Three um, that makes three of us. That makes three of us. So uh, it's been good talking to you, boys. I've, I was yeah. looking forward, like I said, I was genuinely looking forward to it all week, um, getting on and uh, chatting to you guys and talking about some subjects that I'm passionate about and that are close to my heart. So Absolutely. Uh, I've, it's definitely my favourite episode. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> let's go. Um, last thing is just a... No bias whatsoever. Just to plug yourself, where can people find you on, well, socials, basically? Uh, socials, so uh, there is a Facebook page. God knows what I've called that because I tried to avoid Facebook like the plague, but Instagram <laughs> would be the best spot to get. Yeah. We're also on TikTok. Uh, I don't look after our TikTok. I categorically said, no way am I running a TikTok page because I'll be stuck <laughs> on it forever. But I'm pretty sure our TikTok is at Brickfield's Gym. Uh uh-huh. One of our lovely members, uh, my fellow ambassador, she runs that. Um, but yeah, on on social, you can get, uh, I'm just going there myself just to make sure that I've got the right thing. Uh, Brickfield's Gym, uh, all one word, is the Instagram uh, handle for the Good gym. Uh, I am trying to put more stuff out there for it. Uh, I'm pretty much a one-man band around here, so... Uh, I'm usually a bit too busy with sessions and stuff to ever get round to actually editing any half decent content. So I then just end up not editing any content, but yeah, trying to push a bit more of that and get a few more things out there just to show people that anyone can come in here and train. And it doesn't matter if you're super strong, super fit, really unfit, really, really not strong. Um, You can do the same workouts as everyone else and still get progress. And we adapt everything. And it's just mainly about you coming in and giving it your best effort. Um, in a friendly environment, you know, which sounds really corny, but that is really what it's about. So, yeah, there's that. Or halfway fitness, which is the PT stuff, where you'll just see me lifting a lot. <laughs> Not a lot of weight, necessarily, but just a lot in terms of often. Just a lot in quantity. He's too humble. Well, so yeah, it is regularly. A lot of it is a lot of weight. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Luke. And uh, enjoy the rest of your whiskey. Thanks, lads. Yeah, thank yeah, you, mate. <laughs> and Thank you so much for joining us into the unknown. Uh, if you want to connect with us and get in touch, you can find out more about me at Stoke Strength Systems on Instagram and Connor Lift Stuff for my business page. And you can find me at at yushan.su.eventing on Instagram, yushan.su.eventing on Facebook, and suyushaneventing.com. And if you want to get a bit more engaged, Uh, with our community and you liked this episode please like and subscribe uh, follow on the on on spotify and we'd also love to hear your thoughts on this episode's topics so please drop them in the comments catch you next week